Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Good afternoon, Brittany Bodie. Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm good. I'm very excited for today. We are recording our 100th episode. So it is a huge (laughs) milestone for us. We are hitting the two-year marker next month of launching our consulting practice. And so I'm just really excited today and and just grateful um, for everything that we've been able to build together so far with our incredible team and just so happy and excited that we hit our 100th episode. We have come a long way. I will say that from our first episode. (laughs) You know, it could be ready before this episode comes out and it it could be ready after this, but we we do promise our loyal listeners that we are going to re-record our intro um, (laughs) and spice it up. It was recorded in a closet. (laughs) And it was like one of the first things. So every time I listen to our podcast, when it's coming through, I'm like, note to self, redo that. We've definitely come a long way since then, since recording in closets and no video and (laughs) no real mics. Yes, microphone, no microphones, just sound was horrible. And so it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like our whole business, right? You don't know what you don't know. You are really flying by the seat of your pants, whether you think you're entirely prepared or not, and taking advice from people who you probably shouldn't be taking advice from, you find out later, or God forbid the internet as well, <laughs> trusting them to tell us what we needed. So I do think it's it's been a huge learning experience for us on, on both sides, and I hope it's reflected in business practices and then in what we're able to to deliver content wise now I think we've kind of boiled it down to a science when we're speaking to guests as well. I agree. And just general gratitude for where we're at today. You know, as you and I look back on our careers, we're really fortunate throughout our careers to work with incredible people and brands and you know, one of the people that I think um, had a major impact in our careers is with us today and someone that, while I know was probably sad to see us go out of our last roles, was such a big supporter right out of the gate and was an incredible leader. So really excited to have this guest on today for our 100th episode. So am I. I think a lot of the leadership style that we both bring forward. We always say, WWJD, what would Jen Kane do? <laughs> and so without further ado, I would love to introduce our guest today. We have Jen Kane, Executive Vice President of Development at Franchise Fastlane, and still somebody I think of as the best leader I've ever worked with in my life. Thank you, Jen, for joining us. Oh, thank you both. It's so good to see you too. And I'm just so excited to be here with you. And uh, thank you for all those kind words. It really means a whole lot. Well, thank you. And it all is true. And you really are the perfect guest. I mean, you're exactly who we wanted for the 100th episode, because you made such an impact on us. So why don't you share just a little bit with our listeners about your background. I mean, you've been in and around franchising really your whole life. So would love to hear kind of your path that led you to where you are today. Yeah. And first, congrats on 100 episodes. That is so wild. Um, That seems like (laughs) like a really 
big target and goal to hit. So congrats on that. And I can't believe it's been almost two years. That's just mind blowing to me as well. Just uh, time flies. So yeah. So about me, um, I started out uh, very young, very, very hungry to be successful at a young age. Um, the moment that I realized you could make money babysitting, and I don't know if I've ever even gone this far back with you two, um, <laughs> but the moment I realized that like people would give me cash for watching their children, I was trying to babysit everyone in my cul-de-sac where we lived in the circle. And I started that when I was nine years old, which is wild when I look at my two little girls who are 12 and 10, who I can't imagine caring for another human. Um, I was doing it at, that, at their age. And really early on, I just wanted to be independent. And I was given an opportunity at my first job to work at the family business. And that was Blimpy Seven Salads. And my dad and his buddies they were in the mortgage business their whole lives and they wanted to have some, you know, other income streams and they were looking to diversify their portfolio. And so they invested uh, to start in two franchises and two blimpies. And we opened our first one that was back in 1995. And I was a sandwich artist. I was um, <laughs> learning about making subs and most importantly, though, customer service. Like, yes, I know the blimpy way and I could still whip up a mean sandwich right now if I needed to. But more importantly, um, what it taught me was how to deal with people, um, different types of people, people in a hurry, people that were kind, people that weren't so kind and how to continue to smile and just really, you know, work through that. So that was my first taste of franchising, too. And I love to look at the story of blimpies um, to me a much better product, a much prettier and cleaner operation than let's say the, the competitor, which would be Subway at the time. Um, but very different trajectories when you look at growth, Subway took off and it's because of who they had for a spokesperson and they wanted one in every small town and they did all of these things. And while Blimpies was so, so good, they didn't quite have the support behind those pieces like Subway did. So again, just a crash course in franchising. Uh, that led me to my next career out of college. Um, I was in the restaurant space and I became the director of training and operations for an Oklahoma-based privately held restaurant group, a very successful one. Um, I oversaw seven different restaurant concepts, so quick serve all the way to fine dining. And in that role, I was the director of training and operations and was responsible for opening their restaurants nationwide. Uh, leading huge training teams and budgets as we would go la launch these multi-million dollar restaurants. So again, just from not so much on the franchise side in that role, however, departments and different types of businesses and different owners and customer service. I think when you really look at business in general, almost everything leads back to customer service. So mm -hmm. fast forward, and um, I became the COO of a startup company that was going to franchise based in Omaha, Nebraska. And it was a healthy foods concept. And I was a chief operating officer and we launched and instantly were making a ton of money. I mean, in a thousand square foot retail space with healthy foods, um, we were generating 55,000 a week in sales and people were throwing checks at us. They wanted to open these. Yeah. Everywhere. Um, because they saw the opportunity and I was in a great position. I got to run the corporate team. I got to run the franchise development. I got to run four huge 15,000 square foot commissary kitchens, which were USDA certified, which is red tape. Most of us never want to go through, um, <laughs> but there is a way there is a way. And um, 
it was a really, really great success story in all aspects, except for the leadership team made some, the founders, I should say, made some critical errors with unit economics and understanding what it took to grow a healthy and a strong system. So I did eventually become CEO of that business as well and um, stayed there until I exited when I really wasn't in alignment with the owners of the company. And that is when I started in the franchise development space. Um, I joined Franchise Fastlane. I've been there for five years now, which is crazy. Time flies. And um, really, I've just worked from learning on, on the director of franchise development side up to a vice president of development. And in my current role now as executive vice president, I oversee all of the sales. We have 26 brands, uh, 30 different directors, and six um, vice presidents that report to me. So I get to see the other side of um, entrepreneurship in this role. So that's my background just that brought me here today. And um, very exciting. I've got to work with a lot of great people like you too. Oh, that babysitting is the first that I've heard. And really, truly, you're, it's full circle for you because if you're managing a bunch of salespeople, that <laughs> is babysitting <laughs> at the end of the day, from babysitting to blimpies to back to babysitting. <laughs> so, not that That's big so of a good. stretch. Uh, That's so good. It's so true. I mean, I remember <laughs> being on your team and it would be like, did you get your reports filled out? Do you have your, <laughs> like, there were two of us on your team, myself and Jesse, who you would be like, you guys, it's critical. It's part of the, what you have to do. I understand it's not fun, but it's, it's what we need you to do. It's the emotions of different um, directors or different brands you work with or you know all you know our partners and our brand partners there is a lot of managing of emotions so I do think you're right that maybe I did learn a little bit of that at a young age well and you've had a lot of different people that have worked for you you know if you look from food service into very high level professionals you know you do a great job and I can say this firsthand and I know Britt agrees from being on your team you do a great job of managing people and meeting them where they are and understanding their motivations. Can you talk a little bit about your leadership style and what shaped that and how, you know, I think part of it has to be intuition, but how you've grown into that as a leader, because you really are so strong at understanding what people need from you and delivering it in a way that's meaningful to them. Well, thank you so much for that. And I loved working with both of you and you are very different. So it's, it's a great example of being able to pivot based on, on different personalities and different backgrounds and what they're, and what people are looking for. I think there's some really common things when you look at an hourly employee or you look at a seasoned professional. And one thing is everybody wants to be made to feel important. And they also want to feel like they're part of something bigger than just clocking in and clocking out, right? Um, and it doesn't matter if you're making $10 an hour or if you're making a million plus a year, you want to feel like you have impact. And so very early on, the things that I really wanted to utilize and tools I wanted to utilize as a leader is what I wanted in leadership myself. And that was someone who would listen to me. Even if they didn't agree, they would listen and they would offer, you know, constructive feedback or 
um, just have just a dialogue versus very much talking at you. So that was one of the things, even with really young staff, it's important. They need to have a voice. And then um, the other thing is just empowering people to make decisions and move in their own natural way and calling out their strengths so that they can see different sides of themselves. Like when I look at you two, you have very different strengths. You're both so successful and fun to work with, great personalities, but very different strengths as it relates to your role in sales when I worked with you. And it's really looking at, hey, Britt, here's your strengths and recognizing them and showing you that I see who you are so that hopefully that empowers you to continue to want to even grow and strengthen and sharpen other, you know, tools that you have in, in those sales roles. So I would really say it's that it's looking for someone who, and I don't micromanage. I never in my life have ever wanted to be micromanaged. And I don't think most people do. There are some that require it. There are, you know, employees or team members that you look at it and it's like, look, if you don't give them a list, I kind of compare them to husbands sometimes um, that some people do need a list. Sorry, it's all listening. But my husband very much so needs a list. He just will forget or it's not as important to him. But if I give him the list, he'll get it done. So again, it's just working to different people's um, strengths. <laughs> we have somebody else like that on the call. We, uh, we, uh, she told me early on in our partnership, like, give me a to-do list. It will not insult me. And it, I turn it into a game and am competitive with myself to get my to-do list done. So, you know, definitely to-do lists are good. <laughs> yeah. Intuitively, I'm not operational. And Brittany, as you know, from working with her is like, okay, so this is exactly how we're going to set this up. She sees things completely different. And I'm like, I would have never been able to think that would have taken me three hours. Brittany can create a list for me in three minutes. And I'm like, I'll just execute that. And so, and with marketing, we do the exact same thing. Just turn mm -hmm. it back around. So I think that's, I, I love that you're using people's strengths. And I think that's so true. Yep. Yep. I, I totally agree with that. And I like I'll use myself as an example, right? When I was working for you and you came on as as my VP, I was working on a brand that was having some challenges and I just felt like I wasn't able to move the needle in the way that I wanted to anymore. And that's frustrating. You want to be, you know, able to help the brand achieve the most amount of growth. And I was feeling like is it me? Am I the problem? Am I not sufficient at what I was doing? So I was in this tough place. And then you called me and gave me an opportunity. I'll never forget. I was walking up this really steep road in Seattle, Washington, like dying in a hundred degree heat. And you called me and I'm like, hello, just couldn't even breathe talking to you. And you're like, I have this brand and it's B2B. And I know that's the world you're super passionate about. And I think we can really do this and really inspire a lot of life change with this brand. Are you in? I'm like, yes, I'm in. And so we start this brand and it just takes off like a rocket ship. And I am way harder on myself than anyone will ever be or anyone needs to be, right? And so you would be encouraging me like, all right, we got to do this and we got to do this. And I was already being so hard on myself, like feeling the pressure. In the beginning, it, it was hard. Like we were butting heads a little bit because we were trying to figure each other out in that moment because you, you know, inherited me from another leader. And yeah. um, I think very quickly you figured out that you, 
it was going to be a deterrent to do that to me because of my personality and how, how hard I am on myself. And so we had a really deep, good conversation. And I think you have the type of personality that you can set ego or anything aside because you just want to see your team win. And I think that makes you an exceptional leader. And then we used to talk about like, I'm very black and white and you would pull me out of my shell to make sure that I understand like there has to be some gray sometimes. Like I'm very operational, like in our business now, Sam and I, I run ops, I run finance, HR, compliance. She runs marketing. We both do sales. We have very defined roles based on skill set and personality. And I think you always did a good job of helping me manage my emotions because if I felt like I was letting someone down or I didn't do something right, I felt like it was the end of the world. And you just helped me always feel like it's good. Let's just keep moving and you're great at what you do. And we're going to get the next deal or we're going to, that consultant will get over with whatever the trauma is at the moment. So you just did a really good job with me of quickly figuring out who I was, how to motivate me, how to support me, um, which, which isn't easy to do as a type A Enneagram three um, type of personality that I have. So I give you a lot of kudos for that. Well, thank you. And it's funny, you remember where you were during that conversation, because I remember where I was and I was at the airport. And I remember a couple of pivotal, pivotal moments in our conversations and just learning how to work together. And I just think it's so important. It's just not one size fits all when you look at leadership. And I think most importantly, it's looking at what is going to feed you? What do you need? Look, this is a stressful industry, um, franchising, right? People tech, a lot of times families or couples or individuals, when people are thinking about big life decisions, it feels very normal for people to think, okay, I'm going to get married. Maybe I'm going to buy a house, have a child, get a pet, switch careers, get promoted, right? Those are very normal paths of life and kind of like check marks that a lot of people go through. And one one way or another, but buying a business is not. So this can be really, really stressful. And I think it's good to understand and level set with people that work with you to keep the big things, the big things, the little things, the little things, and not take it personal when emotions get involved. Because in franchising in general, it's very easy to get bogged down by emotions on all sides of entrepreneurship, whether you're the one researching a brand or the one helping that person find the right brand or the brand trying to tell this person why it's a great fit. Um, there's just so many nuances and personality really plays a part. So the sooner you can manage those emotions and figure people out, the better. That's completely true. And it's, I think one thing that with as many units of franchises as you've sold, and it's never lost on you that like, this is probably one of the biggest decisions that our clients will ever make. And I think that's something I took away from working with you. It can be easy, you know, like a doctor deals with different things and disease and death every day, but the best doctors have great bedside manner because they think about how it's really, this could be the best or worst day in their patient's life and they have to act accordingly. And I think when you're looking at this, no matter what, when you're buying a business, it's life-changing. When you're being awarded franchises, it's not like any other investment. If you're like, oh, I'm transferring money from Amazon to Apple and I'm buying those stocks, you don't really think about it. It's not going to change your day-to-day life. Business ownership is life-changing. And anybody that says it's without stress is 
would be a liar. There's always a certain level of stress that comes with that. And so people are making life-changing decisions and they're spending life-changing money to do that. And I think that's one thing I learned from you is always just taking that into consideration when we're talking to people and taking that on and really understanding like if they need an extra three days, it's okay. This is a huge decision and we need to make sure we're treating it that way. Just because we see people coming in, you know, in and out all the time or we're on our third franchise and now it seems a lot easier having success under your belt. It, mm-hmm. it isn't, you know, it isn't lost on us that people are going through that. And I think part of it is, you know, Jen, as a leader, you're pretty selfless. And Britt and I were talking and I was on your team, not with Brittany was on your team with a skyrocketing brand that was going crazy. I came from a brand where I had beginner's luck. I was placed on a brand that was fantastic right out of the gate. I, because I was raised um, with a very high level of self-esteem, thought it was probably me. And so people, people must love to work with me. I've never, I've never been in the franchise business before, but I do think people like to work with me. And I was like, basically any brand that I'm ever on will be exactly the same. Insert me into a fitness brand and then COVID three months later. And I was walking my dog around the block crying to you on the phone at like three o'clock in the afternoon that I didn't have anything to do or anyone to talk to. And you actually encouraged me. I had so much fear and then created doubt in myself, in my capabilities, because I thought if I was really good at helping people see a brand, I could help them see an investment in fitness in the midst of a global pandemic like nobody had ever experienced like this. I could help them get through this if really if I was good at my job, because I believed in the brand that I was on and I loved it. And I, I still do. I still stand by that. But I also was so worried about making a mistake and moving to another brand or what would I take? How would that look? How, you know, I had to have the perfect thing. And I just about turned down a brand that would change my life and put me in a position to be able to do what I'm doing now because, you know, a certain amount of wealth you make doing those things and also being on the franchisee side of that. So I remember coming to you and I was like, I'm going to turn this pest control brand. I'm I'm not going to do it. I don't, I don't think I can, I don't see it. There's other stuff like this. And you were like, I think you should really think about it. <laughs> like, I don't want to lose you on my team, but you'd have to go to a different team. Yes. But I really think you should think about that for a second because it would be good for you. And I think it was the encouragement I needed to go, okay, well, I trust Jen. I know that she has my best interests at heart. And she's telling me that she thinks this would be a good fit. I should try it. And it became you know, probably the best thing that I've done in my career until moving on my own. And so I just think like, I always remember that it probably wasn't in your best interest. You had a trained person on your team and you were moving into the unknown by letting that person go to another team. But I will always appreciate the push to say, you can do it. It's not you. It was timing and circumstance. This means so much because these stories are bringing like, I have a terrible memory. Let me start with that. I think that I am constantly in a state of hustle and chaos. And so it's hard for me to retain things. But I remember two conversations with you and one I was at a gas station and one I was driving to the airport or in an Uber. So it's so funny when you guys bring this up, it takes me right back to those conversations. And, um, but I do think it's, you, you've got to look at things so 
objectively when you're in a leadership role and you have to look at what's best for the other person. And if you believe in like, you know, the universe giving back to you, if you continue to push people in directions that help them and help them succeed somehow in some way, it's going to help you. And whether that's a referral someday or um, just a great podcast like this, an opportunity to come back on your 100th episode and talk to you two and share these stories. Um, it's just, there's always something that will come back when you push people to do what's best for them. And again, in leadership, it's easy for leaders to be selfish and it's easy for them to say, Hey, this benefits me. So I need to do this or be very one-sided. And I think it's so important not to be that way. Well, it's, it's definitely evident that, you know, you want to see what's best for your team. You know, we've talked a lot about your leadership leading, you know, people that are director, VP level individuals. Our clients, a lot of times come from that corporate background and they're used to managing director VPs. And so when they're thinking about franchise opportunities, most of the time you're going to have employees that maybe have a blue collar background or maybe are high school kids. They're not in that stage of their career or on the path um, of wanting to be in that white collar, climb the corporate ladder type of, of role. And I mm -hmm. look at you know working in the restaurant space, training and managing all types of people in that. Growing up in Blimpies, one of the things we didn't mention today is you are a franchisee of a few brands and you and your mm -hmm. husband. And in those businesses, you know, I know, Corey, your husband is more involved in day to day, but I have to imagine you're making those big decisions together on recruitment and management. And he's bouncing ideas off of you for roles that are blue collar and probably people that are more, you know, an hourly wage in the food related business. How do you feel like like what's the advice that you would give to our clients on being comfortable with the idea of being capable of recruiting people that maybe don't come from the corporate background, supporting them, leading them, retaining them. Like how, what would your advice be to a friend on kind of how to overcome some of that fear? Yeah. Great question. You know, I think the first thing to think about is there are people you can find them right now. It might not be, the way that you would think um, normally, right? They, you might not have the best hires come from you to you when you place an ad. Sometimes you have to keep your eyes open. You have to watch who's really thoughtful when you're going through a grocery store checkout line or who treats you really good when you're out to dinner or who just went above and beyond. I mean, when they dropped a package at your home, I mean, there are so many quality people out there and so many people that are looking for opportunity and I think what drives most humans is a feeling of belonging and a feeling of being part of something bigger. And then also knowing that maybe there's a path forward and you can be an hourly employee coming into a service business or a food business or a fitness business. And you can create opportunity for yourself by being early to your shift, by being um overly friendly and upbeat and making people have experiences in spaces, quite frankly, they're not used to. So when you are that individual and, or you're looking for that individual, you have to just keep your eyes wide open. And then once you get someone, you have to find their why, what motivates them and what struggles do they have? Um, I think that 
it's really easy for franchisees to put um, employees in a box and be like, well, it's just too hard to hire. They're all too young or this generation or look, everyone says that the truth of the matter is get them in your, in your grasp and then talk to them about your vision and be very intentional about it and say, listen, and it doesn't matter if, if you don't think what you do changes the world, every business out there does, or they wouldn't exist. I have worked across trash and gutters and donuts and drains <laughs> and beauty and fitness. And I will tell you that I get excited about every one of those industries because they serve a meaningful purpose, whether it's necessity based or a want or a desire, people are going to show up for it. So I think getting, you know, looking number one for staff in places that are maybe a little unorthodox, uh, reach out to your network, right? If they have cousins, brothers, sisters, children that are looking for opportunity, um, look for people that are college age that you can grow them into a position and offer them perhaps a management opportunity down the road, but share the vision. If you share it and you make them a part of it and they see their role in that bigger picture, it's going to make everybody's life better. It's going to make the job easier and more fun, and it's going to retain those employees. That's huge. I think if you listen to one thing from this podcast, that should be it because that's the biggest fear that we hear constantly from clients is hiring and then retention. Hiring is easy. You can you can hire just about anybody, but retaining the talent is really, really, really challenging for some people. But I think what you're talking about, and that works across all businesses, it works with all different types of employees from the C-suite to the hourly high school student, like where you started. So yeah. Jen, we asked two questions at the end of this podcast to every single person. I'll give you the first one. I would love to know your personal compelling reason for being in the franchise industry. Yeah. Oh gosh. Easy. Um, just being at the, the, peak of entrepreneurship. Um, I've watched legacies change in families. I've watched people that have immigrated, you know, and never thought they would have an opportunity to be a business owner or the first business owner in their family and the pride and the joy they take away. I just got goosebumps even talking about it because I can remember so many personal stories over these past five years. And it's, there's no better feeling, feeling there's just not, it's amazing just to see what, people can do when they set their minds to it. And it's important that they know it's going to be hard work and they're going to have to like put in that grit and you're going to have bad days and a bad day does not mean a bad business and it does not mean a bad year. And sometimes it's just looking at things methodically, like how Brittany would and process driven and saying, <laughs> okay, I lost a key employee. What do I need to do? I need to find another key employee instead of how will I ever operate without them? I should just shut the doors, right? So I think that's the best part is just seeing the people that have the grit and the hunger and they really see the why behind what they're doing and they're able to change their family history. It's pretty phenomenal. It is. I mean, we both are grinning ear to ear as you're saying all of this. We feel the exact same way and and I couldn't agree more. And then our, our last question for you, you obviously have given a lot of wonderful advice today about leadership, but just in general, it could be business related, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a friend to so many people. So I have to imagine throughout your time, you've received a lot of great advice. What is the best advice you've ever received? 
Okay, so these might be kind of cheesier quotes, but they I've I've read them, I've seen them. I am all about inspiration. I mean, every day I read about 20 different quotes. I have them, they pop up on my phone that are all about success and and gratitude and positivity. But you know, the best advice that I've received and that I would give relate to two of those. Number one is don't expect you out of other people. We're all very, very different. So I don't, you know, um, working with you two, I would never expect you to think the same way that I do. We haven't had the same experiences. We maybe don't have the same goals, right? But we can find commonalities, but we're not the same. So don't expect you out of other people. And then my favorite one as it relates to leadership is if you have to tell them to carry the bricks, they're not the one to build the house with. I think you have to find people. I am not the smartest. I cannot remember everything. I'm There's a lot of things I am not. But what I will do is I'll put in the grit and the effort. And that's what I look for in other people. It doesn't have to be a fancy skill set. Whatever you're hiring for, if you're looking to build your business, find the people that are hungry and gritty and are moldable so that you can build it together. Such great advice. You post awesome quotes all the time. I'm always messaging you being like, I love this. I'm going to reshare it. So you are definitely an inspiration. And again, such an incredible leader. You can tell even though we haven't worked directly for you in two years, we still really remember how you shaped our careers and helped us get to where we are today. So Thank you so much for joining us for our 100th episode. And thank you for sharing all your wisdom with our clients and our listeners today. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I think the world of you too. I'm so proud of you and what you've built and how many lives you've changed. Um, it's remarkable. So keep it up and congrats on your 100th episode. Thank you, Jen. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting. Or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm -hmm.